0: I wanna thank you, Rich and the whole band. I uh I just have been weeping up here because I said, Lord, how, how can you love me this much? How can you love me this much that I could be here and and have these songs just touch me so profoundly with your love because if it weren't for those little friends um on the playground, I don't know where I would be. You know, and I think about all these decisions, um all these I, I think I was gonna share this at some talk, I'll just do it now. Um, I look at my life and I think about all of the times that I was so fervent in prayer and I was angry or sad or uh, bitter. And I'm like, God, why aren't you answering my prayers the way that I want? And now I see why. Uh, One of the examples is Katie. We, We tried for months to get pregnant. I was so sad. But if I had, I wouldn't have Katie. You know, I'd... So anyway, uh, I'm just very, very grateful and overwhelmed by his love. And um, I want to sit, take a moment to say a special prayer right now because um, Nikki Minky shared with me that her sister is in the hospital and um, she's 30 weeks pregnant and she has preeclampsia and they need the baby to be delivered in the next few days. Um, but if the baby can make it until 11 p.m. tonight, then that whatever that drug is can um, kick in and her lungs can be better formed. So let's pray right now for this little baby. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, we thank you that you are our, all pow- our all-powerful God. You know every breath that fills our lungs it's all a gift from you and we pray for this special life that you have created that her lungs will be strong healthy and that ashley will have a safe delivery and that this babe will just be another beacon of your light another witness to your love Lord, you are the God who conquers death, and yet death is a part of this world, this life. And I know there are so many people here who have, have lost loved ones. They've lost children, lost babies. And yet you hold them all in eternity. You're holding us now. And so we just pray for this life. We pray for each life here. That you would bless us and fill us with your love that we can bring that love to a world that's hurting we ask this all in your precious name amen okay probably should have kleenex up here but i don't (laughs) um so we've talked about who we've talked about what what do most of you think thank you (laughs) the next talk is going to be on when, yes. Apparently, many people thought it was on where. <laughs> so, when you get your handouts, make sure you get the when handout and not the where handout. So, we are going to talk about when. Uh, our son said to me, The older I get, the faster time goes. When he said this, he was five. <laughs> He is now 33. So as his mother, I could say, yep. (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. And I also remember someone saying, which is very true, especially for those of you with babies and sleepless nights, that the days are long, but the years fly by. The years fly by. Um, We are created for eternity, but we live in a temporal world. I guess we'll just move this over here. And so there's always this tension in life because there's not enough time. We're we're supposed to live eternally, and so we're trying to cram eternity into this temporal world. Um, And so we're going to have this tension, and I'm limited by the time, and so that means I can't do all the things that I want to do. But we also want to learn to embrace this time as a gift. I talked about my favorite author, one of my favorite authors, Wilfred Stinson, and he wrote this book, Eternity in the Midst of Time. And he says this, Every second is given to us in order to grow into the love we have already received. Our time on earth, multifaceted, beautiful, exciting, tough, is meant for us to grow into the love that we have already received. And so this is just another step in our journey of growing into that love, to learn to experience this God who is so marvelous and so great, and how deeply he loves us. (laughs) One of my favorite moments at Summer Splash and uh, one of my most memorable quotes of all time uh, happened here about, I don't know, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. And Tom Thibodeau was our speaker. And he was having breakfast in in this place over here with Ben Conley who was probably eight. And Tom was sitting next to Ben, and he said, and he, Ben looked at him and he goes, "What are you thinking?" And Tom said, "I really want another French toast stick, so I'm wondering if I'm hungry enough." And Ben says, "Oh, it's not about being hungry enough; it's about the taste." <laughs> so Tom said, "You're right. <laughs> Let's go get some French toast sticks." <laughs> But I remember that time because Tom Thibodeau spoke a lot about the present moment, living in the present moment. And that really had an impact on me. And he talked about Brother Lawrence. So I'm thinking his talk was, was sometime before 2011 because I print, printed off Brother Lawrence's little pamphlet on practice of the presence of God in 2011. Um, but Brother Lawrence was uh, born in France in 1614. He fought in the Thirty Year War. He then served as a footman to a nobleman. Um, But then he was really seeking spiritual fulfillment. Didn't have Joe put this on me today. Um, And so he decided that he was going to leave everything and join religious life. But he described himself as a great, awkward fellow who broke everything. He was not known for any miraculous, marvelous gifts and talents. He held the lowly positions of cook and sandal repairman. And yet, people came from all over just to talk with Brother Lawrence, because he had learned to practice the presence of God, to live in this space where he would always be living in and out of his relationship with the Lord. And so in one of the things that he wrote, he said this. He said, We ought to stop for one brief moment as often as we can to worship God in the depth of our being, to taste him, though it be in passing, to touch him, even if it were by stealth. Since you cannot but know that God is within you and all that you undertake, that he's at the very depth and center of your soul, why shouldn't you pause from time to time in your outward business, even when you're praying, to worship him within your soul, to praise him, to ask for his help, to offer him the service of your heart, to give him thanks for all his loving kindness and tender mercies. Have you encountered people like Brother Lawrence? I have. I have one friend in particular that really reminds me of Brother Lawrence. You're, you're drawn to them because you know that when you're with them, you're, they're living from this place of Jesus. And the more that we live out of this place of encounter, the more that we become like Jesus. So um, I had kind of gone through what I was gonna talk about a while ago, and then I went and I directed these silent retreats um, with a, the priest that directs my retreats is, is a mentor, and he is teaching several of us how to do this. And we would have supervision every day, and I was meeting with this other priest and talking about what, you know how, what I experienced when I was in direction. And he said to me, it will help if when you go into direction, before you go into direction, you realize at that moment who you are and who the person is that you're directing. And, and so I thought about that. I thought, well, I'm supposed to be Jesus. And, I'm, and they're Jesus. So I, this is an encounter of the Jesus in me encountering and loving the Jesus in them. And when I went into direction from then on, it was this whole new experience. And I really want to live my life like that. Sorry, just a second. I have weird shaped ears. (laughs) And so I want... (laughs) This is a handheld. Can Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. You want me to just talk like this? I need a mic. All right, let me try one more time. Okay. I can just hear it going louder and softer. Maybe it's just my imagination. Okay. All right, we'll try this. We'll try this. Thank you. Um, so I'm trying. I, I want to know how to continue more and more to be in that place in, within me where the, the Lord is, to live out of that space. I'm going to talk about it a little bit more tonight as well. But I would love anybody who has, you know, who's... Experience. How do you experience that? How do you take time to go into your heart and remember that it's the Lord within us that's, that is actually alive? I've been crucified with Christ and Christ lives in me. So how do we do that? So we encounter God in the present moment. That's where we live. That's where we exist. But because God is God and he is already eternal, He exists in all time and space. So he is alive in our past. He said, I am the God of Abraham. He is alive in our future. He is living within all of time. And so one of the beauties of this is that he can go back and he can bring healing. I'm so grateful for so many of the, the songs that we sang. It talked about healing. It talked about God of the past and the future and the, and the present. And, um, and so I'm going to share just an experience that I had of the power of that. And um, again, I want to say that it, this isn't unique to me. I see it over and over and over again in far more miraculous ways than I've experienced. But those are not my sacred stories to tell. So I'm just going to share a couple stories from my life. Um, I, uh, when I was in sixth grade, I would say my worst years of my life were sixth grade and seventh grade, and uh, and it was kind of, yeah, I know, I know, and we've got the junior high kids coming tonight, I'm like, okay, Lord, help me to speak to them. Um, So sixth grade was kind of like, I'm living, you know, I see myself as everyone else sees me, and seventh grade was I see myself as I see me to be. Um, But in sixth grade, I was bullied by the boys. I was like, the year before, they were like, I was the only one allowed to be on their kickball team. I was like the most popular girl for being shy and weird, it was just kinda weird. But then sixth grade, everything turned. And, um, And then one day, it just all broke loose and I just sobbed so much that my teacher knew there was something wrong. He talked to the boys and it just stopped instantly. And actually, the two boys that were kind of the ringleaders went on to be some of my dearest friends in high school. <laughs> but, but it was a real experience in sixth grade. So um, I'd been more and more exposed to healing prayer. And so someone had suggested that the only one who really heals in the depths of who we are is Jesus. It's just Jesus. And so, and he is alive in my past. So I went back to that moment as my, in my adult imagination with Jesus to visit that little girl. And we watched that experience unfold and Jesus was there to comfort that little sixth grade Cheryl. And I realized that in that experience you know, so much healing had taken place. Like I said, I don't hold anything against those boys. They were just being dumb sixth-grade boys. But for some reason in that moment, I thought I was responsible for it. I thought I had done something to deserve that. It all of a sudden, you know, Jesus saying, Oh, my beloved, you did not deserve that. It happened. It, it, it was wrong. And I am here to show you that I love you and, I, and you are so precious to me. And I'm holding you in the midst of all of this. And, and there was just this deeper sense of peace and healing from all of that. And I was able to, to move forward. And again, I can tell you, I wish I could tell you experiences that I've witnessed in the lives of others. I just want you to know it is, it is available. And so God is the is a healer in our past, he's also a healer in our present. So another example from my present, of a a present healing for me, um, our archdiocese is doing a lot more of praise and worship and and healing prayer, at least I'm more aware of it. And um, Danny and I were with 2,000 people from our archdiocese um, who are being trained to be evangelizers. And um, they had, I don't know, 75 prayer teams, and uh, I knew they were doing it, so I got up early and went. I was the first in line, and it was good because they didn't get through everybody. <laughs> but they, they stayed. They stayed way over time so that everybody that came that wanted prayer could have prayer. And I brought this um, struggle I was having with forgiveness. There was a person that I was just having a really, really hard time forgiving. It was not you. <laughs> or you <laughs> uh, <laughs> or any of you actually for <laughs> um, and and these people prayed with me and they and they had jesus there again with me and and jesus being the one i knew i couldn't but jesus could forgive with me and what happened was i was i was set free someone said um, not forgiving is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. You know, so I'm set free from this. First of all, so that's the experience I had. Then what I found is that my lens with which I saw the other completely changed. And and all of a sudden, I'm like, oh gosh, there really wasn't even that much to forgive. You know, I just was like, the way I was perceiving it was was so clouded. And Jesus helped me to see more clearly. And then the other thing that's so beautiful is when my heart changes and my lens changes, all of a sudden the situation itself changes. Because I'm bringing a new light into the situation and, that's, and the Lord into that situation and now that situation is different. So God heals our past. He heals our, our present. And then we know that we can just trust him with our future. Trust him with our future. Like I said... All those unanswered prayers, thank God he didn't answer them the way I wanted to. He is always, always, always loving me perfectly and infinitely. And love means willing the good of the other. So he is willing my very best and your very best at every moment. That means actively willing the good or sometimes he will allow the bad because he knows he can do a greater good in it. So he, we can trust him with our future. I want to go a little bit more into this healing, especially of the past. It's kind of past, present, and future too. Um, and share a story from scripture. Um, we, Danny and I were blessed in 2006 to go to Israel. And we were there, I don't know how many days, 10, 11, 12 days. And everyone's having this powerful experience here or powerful experience there. Like, oh, the, uh, the agony in the garden, like, everyone's weeping there. I'm like, I'm kind of in agony, but it wasn't, it wasn't touching my heart. Like, I wish it were, but it's not. I'm like, Lord, are you going to give me an experience? Whatever. So, just <laughs> I mean, I'm enjoying the whole experience, don't, don't get me wrong. But, but I didn't have that gut-wrenching change of heart. Until one of the last days, we went to Galicantu. Anyone know what Galicantu is? Golly, the rooster, kantu, sing, so golly kantu, where the rooster crowed, where the rooster crowed. So we're, <laughs> we're having mass where the rooster crowed and Father Michael Becker, who's a dear friend, uh, was celebrating mass and he was talking about the place in scripture, it's in the Gospel of Luke, where... Um, Peter turns and looks at Jesus after the cock crows. And he said, in his homily, he said, What do you think that look was when Jesus when Peter or Jesus looked at Peter? And I'm going, Loser. <laughs> I told you this was gonna happen. Why didn't you get it right? Ha ha ha. Because that's how I treated myself. It's like, you should have done you shouldn't have done that. That was stupid. You should, you should know better. It's just the flip side of pride. You know, I'm too good to sin. Well, no, you're not. And he said, no, Pe- Jesus looked at Peter with love, and I wept. And I think that was probably part of my transformation of, I am who he sees me to be, not who I see me to be. Thank the Lord. And I think throughout the story of Peter... We we see Jesus in the past, in the present, and in the future. So I just want to share a little bit about this. Okay, Peter's first denial. Simon Peter and another disciple followed Jesus. Now the other disciple was known to the high priest, and he entered the courtyard of the high priest with Jesus. But Peter stood at the gate outside. So the other disciple, the acquaintance of the high priest, went out and spoke to the gatekeeper and brought Peter in. Then the maid who was with the gatekeeper said to Peter, Are you not one of this man's disciples? He said, I am not. Now the slaves and the guards were standing around a charcoal fire that they had made because it was cold and were warming themselves. Peter was also standing there keeping warm. Peter denies Jesus again. Now Simon Peter was standing there keeping warm, and he said to him, You are not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the slaves of the high priest, a relative of the one whose ear Peter had cut off, said, Didn't I see you in the garden with him? Again Peter denied it, and the cock crowed. There's a very interesting verse in here, and I think when you when i when we run across these verses that really don't make sense it's important to pay attention verse 18 is john 18:18 18, 18. now the slaves and the guards were standing around a charcoal fire they had made because it was cold and they were warming themselves okay <laughs> what does that have to do with jesus and peter and the denial John 21, Jesus has been crucified. He's been in the tomb and he has risen. But they're waiting and they're not encountering him. So Simon Peter says, I'm going fishing. There were like seven of them or so. He's, they said, we'll go with you. So they went out, got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. When it was already dawn, Jesus was standing on the shore But the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, have you caught anything to eat? They answered him, No. So he said to them, Cast the net over to the right side of the boat, and you will find something. So they cast it and were not able to pull it in because of the number of fish. So the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he tucked in his garment, for he was lightly clad, jumped into the sea. The other disciples came into the boat, for they were not far from shore, only about a hundred yards, dragging the net with fish. When they climbed out on shore, they saw a charcoal fire with fish on it and bread. Sometimes these memories come back, and they're so painful. You're like, Lord, why, why can't we just put this behind us? You know, Why did you bring this up? He doesn't bring up painful memories or pain in the present or worry about the future just to make us fret and stew and feel miserable. He brings these up so that we can bring them to him and allow him to speak his love into that that point, into that that time in our life, whether it's past, present, or future. When Peter comes on shore and he sees the charcoal fire and he thinks what happened the last time he was at a charcoal fire, it's like, Jesus didn't do that just to say, loser. He did that because he wanted to bring healing to him. So he's with He has breakfast with the disciples, and then he pulls Peter and John aside, and he says, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He then said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was distressed that he said to him a third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Amen, amen, I say to you, when you were younger, you used to dress yourself, go where you wanted. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. He said this signifying by what kind of death he would glorify God. And when he said this, he said to him, follow me in that story of peter we see his past his present and his future jesus is bringing up the past his denial he's healing him in the future do you love me yes follow me feed my sheep do you love me yes feed my sheep do you leave love me yes feed my sheep and then he tells him about the future so peter is the one who's saying oh yeah i'm going to die with you i'm going to do this i'm going to do this And actually, he is. He is going to die for him. But Jesus needed to bring him to the place of utter failure and utter poverty so that he could fill him with his Holy Spirit, which will now allow him to go forth as a new creation who is healed and redeemed and by the power of the Holy Spirit will follow Jesus all the way to death. He wants to do the same for us. He wants to heal our past, anything there is. We don't have to go searching unless there's something that's really coming up. Great, but that's when you bring it to the Lord. He wants to be with us in our present. He wants us to be living out of this place within him for he is within us and encountering him within the other. And he wants us to follow him into the future. So we're going to take some time to pray with the when packets, if you can pass those out, please. And I just invite you to see where the Lord is inviting you to pray. The first passage is, notice how the flowers grow, you know, don't be, don't be afraid seek the Lord, or seek the kingdom of God, and he will give you all things beside. That's kind of thinking about our future, trusting him with our future. Um, the second one is this Peter, why can't I follow you now, and then Jesus restoring him. That's kind of the past, healing the past, and and present future, if you want. And the third passage is from Isaiah 41. Um, saying, I am with you, do not be dismayed. So that's more of the present. So if you're feeling called to pray with the past or present or future, you can kind of pick one of those passages. Um, Again, if you don't know which passage to pick, just start with the first one and we will pray. And then I've got a little thing to end it with. Let's pray. Lord God, first we remember that we are always, always, always in your presence. You are present in the present moment you are present in the past, you are present in the future, and in all, in every single moment, you are gazing upon us with love. So help us just to picture you gazing at us with love right now. For this time, our time of, I'm going to combine acknowledging and relating because it could be a time of where we need a little more time to do that to acknowledge where god is wanting to work in our hearts and relating that to him so just be really sensitive to anything that he's bringing up and just bring that your thoughts and your feelings and your desires about whatever that is to him for the next five or ten minutes then just we we take time to receive lord to just ask you to speak into our hearts where you want to bring healing through the scriptures, through the thoughts in our hearts, through your Holy Spirit. Now, I'm going to give you about three minutes to make your own response to the Lord. Just take time to respond to whatever it is that he's maybe inviting you to do, to make an act of gratitude, whatever that might be. Lord, we thank you for the gift of time that you have given us to grow into the love we have already received and ask that you continue to draw us deeper into your love and healing. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. I just want to conclude with something I heard at a conference a few years ago that I'd never heard before, but it really had a big impact on me. Um, this man said, when, you, when, when Peter lived, and in, in a lot of rural society today, hearing a cock crow was an everyday occurrence, and it wasn't just in the morning. It was like all the time. So Jesus could have just said, you're going to deny me three times. But if you notice, he denied him the first time, didn't really think much of it. Second time, didn't think much of it. It wasn't until he heard the cock crow that he was like woken up To say, oh my gosh, I just denied the Lord. So for the rest of his life, he would hear multiple times a day that cock crow. So what would he remember? Would he remember, I blew it, I blew it, I blew it, I blew it? Or would he remember, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Feed my lambs. Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Yes, Lord, I know you, I love you. We are not to go back to that woundedness, to to live the wounds. We're called to, every time we remember, we're to remember that Jesus wants to bring us healing. He wants to love us more, to go more deeply into his love. Let's pray. Lord, you have been our refuge through all generations. Before the mountains were born, the earth and the the world brought forth from eternity to eternity. You are God. You are the God of our past, our present, and our future. And you are drawing us into eternity with you. And for that, we give you all of our thanks and praise and love. Amen. Mm -hmm.